Following one of the greatest three album runs of all time with a college dropout, late registration, and graduation, as well as a foray into something a bit more experimental with 808s and Heartbreaks, Kanye West brought us My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy on November 22nd, 2010. Ten years later, how's it hold up? Welcome to Bar for Bar Podcast, and this week... I'm going to discuss my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and whether or not it's still a solid-ass album. (laughs) So for some context, this album came about after, after the VMAs, you know, where Kanye made a huge, well, not a huge scene, but he made a scene about how Taylor Swift shouldn't have won and Beyonce should have won instead. Now, at that time, many people, including myself, was like, ooh, Kanye, what are you doing? And honestly, that kind of led to a lot of some of the the other things that has been going on with Kanye since, I feel, but that's another thing. But regardless, this came up out of that, and after it dropped, everyone ignored what happened at the VMAs and just were like, oh my god, Kanye, you're so good again. Um, and I mean, that's fine. I mean, you, if you can separate the artist from their foolishness, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, the whole process of this album was insane. So the, I guess the first point to start at is the recording sessions. The recording sessions were in Hawaii where he tapped in everyone who's involved. So like people like RZA, Rick Ross... Uh, Pete Rock, Nicki Minaj, um, Pusha T, Psy High, you know, just all the usual suspects for a Kanye West album. They were all involved in Hawaii, and there were very strict rules, like no tweeting, no being on your phone, nothing that happens in these sessions gets out until after the fact. So it was really locked down, and what it allowed for was for them all to really focus on the music, rather than just talking about, you know, random shit and getting distracted. It also allowed the artist to get into a certain space in terms of creativity and their writing process. So basically it allowed them to really hone in on what they were going to do because it wasn't really just Kanye orchestrating everything. It was a little bit of everyone putting in some sort of input to this album. So the themes and sounds that you hear are a product of everyone and everyone's involvement. So that's pretty damn dope to me. Um, Leading up to the release of the album, we had Cool Summer, which was one of the craziest and I guess innovative at the time ways to release an album. Like you have your whole crew essentially releasing music um, and you know, that's really dope. Like that's not a thing that happens. Like if anything, you have artists who will release, you know, uh, one or two Lucy's before the album, but not every week before the release of your project. And especially not, um, sorry, it was, I was trying to check something, but yeah, no, it's, it's not like it's been done to that extent. Like, the closest thing that I've seen since then 
has been from, I guess, IDK. So IDK has released, um, he, he released Is He Real? And his upcoming album, You See For Yourself, is coming at some point. And in between the albums, he's just been releasing a lot of, like, Lucy's, you could say. And that's cool. Like, that's, I mean, it's a good way to keep the fans satisfied. But it, it, even he isn't doing it to the same extent as Kanye, where he's releasing every week. Um, I guess another person who can do that pretty well is Toby Nwigwe, who basically every Sunday they have something new come out. Whether that be a music video, a song, um, or even a whole project. So, it's a rarity, to say the least. Now, it definitely worked, though. I'm not going to say that it was all for nothing. Like, it was definitely a different venture, which really paid off. Because when you started getting these crazy tracks... You're like, oh, damn, okay, I guess, oh, if this is what we're going to be getting, I'm, I'm all in for whatever Kanye's got next. And, I mean, the album itself is just crazy. Like, you have tracks, like, here. So it starts off with Dark Fantasy, right? And Dark Fantasy is one of the most, like, calm intros to an album. And it's so different from what we've heard from Kanye since then, or like up until that point. Because up until that point, Kanye was really leaning more towards into the soul sound and soul samples, which I mean, I believe we did get a few off, like few bits and pieces of here, but it wasn't really as obvious as with um, late registration and college dropout. Like even graduation was a bit of a departure from those two albums. Uh, but, well, everything since <laughs> has been different. You could say that. Like, Kanye has gotten to the point where he just kind of does whatever he wants at this point. So, I mean, yeah, late registration, college dropout sounded pretty similar. I mean, in terms of the overall theming and samples. Like, they have both had more soul-heavy samples. And then graduation kind of went in a different direction itself. And, I mean, I guess that makes sense because graduation is probably just a graduation from that particular sound or from old Kanye. But that also led into 808s and Heartbreak, um, where he took aspects from graduation, mean, mainly like the auto-tune and more 808 sound, and basically he created a whole album with it. And then with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he just went in a slightly different direction where yeah you still have the influences of your previous sounds but now it's even more so like like everything <laughs> and i mean i already was a fan of hip-hop at this point but i know a lot of people did not really care for hip-hop until my beautiful dark Twisted fantasy came out like people who would have never listened to hip-hop people who were in the camp of oh rap is crap like those are people who when they listened to this album were just appalled and well so appalled um but they were just so like weren't, they just weren't ready for it so when this came out they were like oh shit 
hip-hop and rap is a legitimate art so this was like no matter how you feel about this album and i believe almost everyone likes this album i don't know anyone who's like oh no this album's trash like even if you are one of those people that don't like this album you can't disregard that this has a lot of impact on hip-hop as a whole it i mean not necessarily impact in terms of the music or the sound, but impact in the sense that it brought a lot of ears to hip hop and brought a lot of people who were naysayers to hip hop. So that is important in itself. Like you, you can't ignore that. As far as the album itself goes, it's a trip. <laughs> um, I mean, personally, I like the majority of these songs. Like, as, I mean, as with a lot of albums, it does start to peter off a little bit um, towards the end part. Like, that's usually where I personally stop paying attention, as much at least. Although those are still really solid songs. Like, those aren't bad songs by any means. Um, it's just that I prefer the other ones. I mean, you have so many songs on here that are just amazing. Um, like, like I said, Dark Fantasy is a crazy way to kick off the album because, like, it starts off so calm and peaceful, and it it took me the longest time to realize that that was Nicki Minaj on the first bit, even though um, the last line was saying, "Well, gather around, children." Listen, like that. I mean, obviously, is a Nicki Minaj sound, but like. It just didn't click until, like, many listens later. Um, and then the beat switch where it's just heavy right away. It's so crazy. Like, <laughs> I actually have the Genius page pulled up right now and everything is just annotated. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but Dark Fantasy is just a crazy way to start off the album. Like... It's such a misdirect for people because <laughs> you start off so calm and inviting and then just boom. <laughs> uh, this then goes right into Gorgeous, which uh, features Cuddy and Raekwon. And I mean, Cuddy's, I believe, just on the chorus. And uh, But having Raekwon on track is just always fun. Like, Raekwon, I feel, is underutilized in features sometimes. Like, people tend to forget about him for some reason. Even though he's one of the most solid feature artists out there. Um, and Power. Power is like the one song off of this album that you heard everywhere. Because it was like a fucking anthem. <laughs> like, my, my favorite memory of this song is when I was playing Saints Row 3. And it was like in the first mission, I think. Like, where you're dropping out of a helicopter or an airplane into this bank. And it just starts playing power. <laughs> like, the timing on it was so perfectly done. Like, it almost felt like Kanye had some say in how it was going to be put into the game. Like, it just fits so well. Like, and... Uh, and it's a great song, too, because it actually touches on something important. Like, no one man should have all that power. Like... It's it's a very it is a powerful song. I don't want to go too into it right now, but because I have other songs to go into. 
But Power is for sure one of the most powerful songs on this album. Like, it's just so much fun to have that song playing. Like, it's... It is great. Now, that then goes into... What is it? It then goes into All of the Lights, which is another song that I reference on the regular, just because you can always say All of the Lights, and everyone knows what you're gonna, what, what you're referencing. And then you say, like, you can always say something relating to lights, and someone is gonna start saying, turn up the lights in here. <laughs> like, that's just, everyone's just gonna sing the chorus. <laughs> it's just a thing that people do. At least my friends do that. I don't know about your friends. Uh, like, and then one of the funniest songs to me, Monster. Like, you have everyone on this track. So, like, uh, features you have uh, Rick Ross, Nikki, and uh, Jay Z, and obviously Kanye. But, like, everyone on here, other than Jay Z, is rapping about how they're a monster in their ability or monster in like what they do or in their their music and then jay then jay-z just comes in and starts listing off monsters <laughs> like i mean he got to it eventually but like he started off his verse sasquatch godzilla king kong loch ness goblin ghoul a zombie with no conscious like come on jay <laughs> like everyone was started clowning on him for a minute just because of that but he he got to the point. <laughs> um, and then I think that goes into So Appalled. Oh, and also Monster was on Cruel Summer, I believe. Or it was, it was part of Good Fridays. Sorry, I mixed Cruel Summer and Good Fridays. I meant to say this was all part of Good Friday. Um, but yeah, that then goes into So Appalled, which that's dope. I love So Appalled. Um... I, I mostly like it because of RZA, which is just because, like, like I just like him saying fucking ridiculous. Like, he just has a good voice for that. But, you know, it's a solid-ass track, too. Um, and, oh my god, okay. Sci-Hi needs to get more attention. Because Sci-Hi is one of those people who, most of y'all don't know, he's just a ghostwriter for damn near everyone. Like... He's a, yeah, like, anyone who has a ghostwriter more than likely uses Sci-Hi. Like, you think Travis Scott actually wrote his lyrics for, like, Coffee Bean and shit? No, that was Sci-Hi. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I mean, Jay's on this track too. I mean, Swizz Beats, his... For me, I mean, his course was okay. I honestly prefer what RZA did on his part rather than... Uh, Swizz Beats, and I would have preferred RZA to be on the course, but it is what it is. Kanye knows what he's doing. I'm not going to go and tell him to change it now. Like It's been 10 years. He probably doesn't even want to touch this album anymore because he doesn't curse in his raps now. Um, and then Devil in the New Dress, which is one of people's favorite songs. And it's... 
a lot of people are talking like, oh, it might be referring to Amber Rose because they had, I believe they had broken up at this point when they, when the album came out. So they're like, oh, maybe he's writing this as an ode to Amber, but nothing's been confirmed either way. Uh, plus Rick Ross came in with a really dope verse too. Like, you know, just solid. Um, I don't really want to go through the rest of the album because I'm just going to keep talking. Um, but the one that I really wanted to talk about is Runaway. Um, so Runaway is, well, one of the longest songs on the album, but it's, it's much more of a proper song than like a rap track. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so what I mean by that is it's. Got like people can look at it and be like, oh, it has Kanye and Pusha T, and not really listen to the song and be like, okay, well, it's probably just a regular ass rap song. But then you listen to it and it's just a full ass song. Like the it was basically until the <laughs> the six minute mark, it was just instrumental, and it was just beautiful, like. It is a beautiful track, and the video for it is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's it's just very, very good. And <laughs> oh man, I, I had to scroll down to the lyrics comments, and the first one there was from, well, one, the top one was from seven years ago, saying this track is really, really underrated. Um, I don't think it's underrated anymore. <laughs> it's 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 one of people's favorite songs on this album. But, you know, uh, more power to you. But yeah, no, like, this is a really dope track. And wow, okay, people are actually talking about how Kanye may have been bipolar here. Seven years ago. <laughs> um, but anyways, that was like the main track I really wanted to get to. Because Runaway is, it's an experience, let's say. It kind of takes what happened on the first track, Dark Fantasy, and amplified it. Where you have something that's just so beautiful, start off the track, and then you get into the rapping, which is still really good. Like, it's not really, like, a harsh, like, adjustment or anything. Like, it still sounds really good. Like, here, let's see. Like, it starts off... Like, this whole part... Like, the the things that Kanye is saying here, yes, obviously they are, they, you have to pay attention to them. But I feel to me, like, the song is really made because of the instrumental. Like, because Kanye could have said all this on any track and people would have been like, okay, cool, whatever, that's fine, sure. But then, because it's on this sort of instrumental... It makes people really want to pay attention because it's one of those instrumentals that really kind of draws you in because of its minimalism, you could say. Um, plus that switch at that, um, whatever, six minute mark is always interesting too. Like, it goes from this sound to, where was it? Like where the beat breaks again and it starts doing this. 
And some people <laughs> don't care for that part, but I really do like that part because it's like a proper melding of the sample and the music to a vocoder or an autotune voice. Like you're harmonizing, trying to match the sound of that original sample. Like it's so hard for me to explain it. Like it just, for me, it, it just works so well. Now, how do well does it hold up though? This album sounds like it could have came out yesterday. <laughs> like, it sounds very crisp. It sounds very new. It doesn't sound at all like it's 10 years old. Like, there are definitely albums that sound like they're 10 years old. And personally, like, I'm, I'm the type of person who, when I listen to older albums, I typically know what I'm in for. Like, with albums that came out in 2010, I don't expect a whole lot of context or substance just like in in terms of what was more generally popular you could say because that was still like in that weird era before like in between like pop rap and like Kendrick and Jake Cole and all them like they were just starting to gain attention at that point um so if it was music that I knew I was going to listen to, it, yeah, typically it would have been something like like a Kendrick or... I mean, I actually did listen to a lot of strange music back then, but there was also, like, you know, just more focus on, for me, um, lyrical content. Um, but there was also, yeah, just a bunch of rap out there without any context. Like, you had Soldier Boy, really popular then. And, I mean, but... Just as always, though, like you always have those artists of an era that kind of represent a particular sound. Like you can, looking forward, you can say like, "Oh, well, the 2010s were mostly well, I guess late 2010s, like 2015 and on, was all trap music and mumble rap." Like, sure, that was a huge portion of it but there was also a lot of other stuff out there so you, it's really hard to say like oh this whole era is this one type of music but generally when you go back and listen to music from a particular year you have that sort of um, prejudice already but this album is completely different from a lot of music that was coming out then I don't really know if anyone else could have made an album like this to be completely honest because Kanye is Kanye. <laughs> like, as much as, like, as much as people hate him now, I mean, they've always been kind of hating him. Like, Kanye low-key might be a genius in terms of music. Like, because he went f and basically isolated himself and made this masterpiece. Sure, I mean, with his recent releases, everyone's been kind of meh. But I think that's a lot to do with stuff happening in his personal life, which we can't really comment on too much because we don't know Kanye like that. I mean, we know what's out there and we know what's been made public, but we can't say that we know everything about Kanye, at least now. 
But anyways, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is an amazing album. It's, what is it, like over, just over an hour long, and it's just dope. It is a dope project. Like, if for some reason you haven't listened to this album yet, you need to go listen to it now, because it's just one of those albums that you can't ignore. Like, I I don't know if it's going to be, or if it's considered a classic yet, but it's definitely on the right path, and it's definitely essential listen for anyone interested in hip-hop at all. Um, like, it's... It's just one of those albums, you know? But that's all I've got as far as my rambling goes about this Kanye album. Let me know in the comments below what you thought of the album when it first came out and what you think about it now that it's 10 years old. Because, you know, things change. People change. Anyways, also like and subscribe if you want to see more content like this. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and please stay safe out there.